Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hmm? Ah! Hmm. What the hell is this? Hey! You're pushing your luck, Ava. Why did you turn it off? I love that. I found it on YouTube. <sighs> of course you did. Hey Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. And this is the Walking Dead cast episode 224. Woo! Almost. 224. I know. That's <laughs> crazy, dude. <laughs> they say that if you can get over the hump of like the first... 220, the first 224, then you're good. <laughs> then you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's going to stick. We'll see. <laughs> what what were know. you going to say? I've heard seven. I heard 15. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think we were over the hump, we're, man. We're, yeah. We're looking Apparently, we're doing this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting going. So I want to give a shout out to my friends, Megan and Tim Ludwig, who are, at least Megan, I know, listens to our podcast, and I am right now sitting at her kitchen table in or near Portland, Oregon. Portland! Yeah, Yay. and she took Nico out to some water park or something so we could podcast. Oh, fun! Yeah. Well, so, thank, you, thank you to Megan. Yeah. And uh, in this episode, we have a pretty big episode today. We're going to be covering our top five objects or things or whatever from movies or TV shows that we would actually want in the real world. Yep. Which I'm totally excited about. Me too. It was so fun <laughs> making that list. Yeah, and the listeners had a bunch of good ideas too. I, I made sure not to read anybody else's ideas before I made my list because I didn't want it to taint it uh-huh, or to steal uh-huh. other people's ideas. Um, but there were some good ones there. I also have this. I wanted to I've been wanting to cover uh, my thoughts about how you've been saying there's too many bad guy groups in Walking Dead. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so we'll have a discussion about that. 
Bring it, pal. <laughs> and then we're going to be covering the Jim Jarmusch. How do you say his name? Jim Jarmusch. You got Jim it right. Jim Jarmusch indie film, Only Lovers Left Alive with Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. A vampire movie. A vampire of. movie, sort of. <laughs> At least superficially. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I'll give you, I'll just let you know that I really liked it. So Yay! before we get going. <laughs> but first. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Okay. So this is news. Some of the news is about Walkie Dead. Some of it's about zombie stuff and just sort of related stuff. First off, they, I know, Karen, you're not going to care about this, but they announced Resident Evil 7. And Resident Evil, like a long time ago when we did our top five zombie properties that could be movies or games or anything i think resident evil 2 was my top one because it makes you feel like you're in the zombie apocalypse and playing it and stuff Mm -hmm. well the resident evil game it it, they, they it's a japanese game development company that made it but they loved uh george romero so they just kind of made wanted to make you feel like you were in Night of the Living Dead or something. Then the Resident Evil games have been getting so popular over the years that they've changed from being scary to being more action-oriented. Huh. And they suck. Oh. <laughs> and number six was like, uh, I don't know, a Bruce Willis movie or something. <laughs> I didn't even play it, but the fans are not happy. And so for Resident Evil 7, they just came out with a demo and it looks way like they made a hard left turn it looks like that pt game i used to talk about that scared the hell out of me yes it looks like that it's first person and you're walking through this really just eerie house with like i don't know you'll see a little girl up the stairs for a second that looks kind of half eaten and then she's gone and (laughs) (laughs) stuff like that so uh, then you go, you end up like crawling underneath the house to find something and you get locked in and it's dark and you can barely see anything. And it's also going to have a virtual reality version, oh, which oh, I probably won't play because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to have a heart attack. <laughs> could you use your, you could use like your Oculus Rift well, I don't have that anymore, but I, I pre-ordered a PlayStation VR and just for the hell of it, I went to Best Buy because they were having like a demo and tried it out the other day and it was awesome. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'm stoked about Resident Evil 7. You guys out there who are fans, you, you, you I'm curious to know what you think about this new demo that came out. But the game's coming out next January and I can't wait to try it out. That's great. Yay. Next, AMC announced its lineup for San Diego Comic-Con 2016 coming up in July. The Walking Dead panel will be huge as usual. It's on July 22nd. It's moderated by, guess who? Me. Uh, No, just kidding. (laughs) Chris Hardwick. (laughs) Yep. And it's going to have... Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, Stephen Young, Lauren Cohan, Denai Guerrero, Chandler Riggs, Michael Cutlett, Sonico Martin-Green, Christian Serratos, Ross Marcon, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Josh McDermott, Scott Gimple, Kirkman, Galen Hur, David Alpert, and Greg Nicotero. Holy crap. How are they going to fit? I know. <laughs> and and everyone's going to be able to say about two words. I know. And one of those people probably had their head caved in by Negan. 
<laughs> so but, we'll be able to see then who it is, right? Yeah. Because they'll have because a giant bash on their head. Big con- concave head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be all acting nonchalant about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to play like they don't know. And yeah. by then they'll they'll definitely know, obviously, right? Yeah, they're, everybody they're knows now. now. Yeah, everybody knows. Or at least if they're trying to hide it from the cast, they'll be like, why is Michael Cudlitz hanging around, but he hasn't filmed any scenes? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know for sure? No, I don't. Good. I don't know. And I'm glad I don't know. But yeah. I, my suspicion is... I kind of had the same suspicion for a few weeks that it's Abraham. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh. Even though I hope it's Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) As sad as that is. All right. So then there's also a Fear the Walking Dead panel, also moderated by Chris Hardwick, of course. And it's got the whole cast, Kim Dickens, Cliff Curtis, Alicia Debnam Carey, Frank Delane, Lorenzo James, Henry, Mercedes Mason, Coleman Domingo, and a new cast member, Danae Garcia, hmm. who's this really cute girl, and Danae, David Erickson, the showrunner, and Kirkman, and, uh, and Nick Otero. Kirkman and Nick Otero all over that Comic-Con. Yeah, well, they've got so many things going on. Kirkman, too. He has Outcast. Uh-huh. And, and, and they've also got the escape thing going on next door, right? Oh, uh, no, no, they don't have it this year. At least not that we're doing. I don't know if they're doing that again this Maybe year. Maybe because it's at Disneyland. Isn't it at Disneyland? Is that, or is it Universal Studios? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's there. Maybe they haven't bothered to do it. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know for sure. But speaking of that, the new Universal Studios Walking Dead attraction opens this Monday, July 4th, to the public. <laughs> and... They worked with Nicotero and other Walking Dead team members to make the zombies look awesome for it. He said, Nicotero said, quote, after six years of working on The Walking Dead, we have this great opportunity to take The Walking Dead out of the studio, off the soundstage and into this amazing and truly one of a kind attraction. Guests can now come face to face with live and animatronic walkers that are indiscernible from the walkers from the show. (laughs) Yay! Yay! So I have a question for you. Uh, when we're in LA in September for oh, yeah. yeah, now remember David can you get. Don't even have to finish that sentence. The no, answer, the answer is yes, because yes. David. Remember, NBC is a Universal company. They own. Universal. So David can hook us all uh-huh, up. Uh-huh, you, uh-huh, me, uh-huh. and all our listeners. Uh huh. Well, okay, you guys. <laughs> Oh, you and 000. me yes that's awesome man i i didn't even think about that are but. you in so karen's uh talking about we're going down to la in september because michael giacchino the composer for lost is doing a lost concert yeah, we have to wait. go back yeah that's gonna be fun yeah we have to go back we have to go back <laughs> uh let's see where was i oh there's also going to be a preacher panel at comic-con have you been watching that at all Mm -mm. is it good it's pretty crazy yeah i mean i think you might like it it's it's a bit chaotic and random but um it's got style and a sense of humor and it's really artistically done but it's also super violent it's funny though i think you you might actually like it yeah i like i mean ash versus evil dead kind of funny and super violent yeah it's in that direction it's not 
quite as zany as that, but right. uh, it's in that direction. And there's this great Irish uh, bloke of a vampire that's the best character on the show. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a hipster Irish vampire. <laughs> hey, did you see what we do in the shadows? Yes. It's loved it. so great. Yeah. yeah. That director, he's doing something big coming up. Yes, Maybe he is. Is I... it Doctor Strange? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember, but it's something big. Anyway, I'll look that up later. So next, I saw Cell, the adaptation of Stephen King's 2005 novel. Yeah. That I liked a lot. And the movie on Rotten Tomatoes, as of now, has a 0%. What? Yeah. Wow. They, yeah. I don't know what happened with this movie, but it, it does feel like very low budget and people were sort of, I don't know, not trying too hard or something. But I have to say, I liked it way better than a zero. I, I would give it three and a half stars, oh, three and a half gacks. Pretty high. Yeah. I mean, there's some good, because you know, the story is everything's going along fine and suddenly anyone who's on a cell phone turns into this raving lunatic. Yes, right. Cannibalistic and insane and kind of zombie-like, but they're kind of crazy. Like they'll just start laughing for no reason and stuff. And um, watching that on screen, for me, you know, it's just, I have this thing about these kinds of things where I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> dug it, even though it, it had, it had a lot of flaws. If you're a, a big zombie fan like me, I think you might enjoy it if you went in with really low expectations like I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, it's got John Cusack and Samuel Jackson in it. Oh yeah. Two uh, actors I love. Yeah. So. I would say smoke a bowl and watch that. <laughs> You'll be good. <laughs> Which you can do because you're in Oregon. I'm in Oregon, right. <laughs> Nobody can come after me for saying that. No, no. <laughs> Even though I don't smoke pot. Uh, let's see. So Norman Reedus loves Game of Thrones. And he had some thoughts about season six. He said, season was so fucking good. Love this show. That finale. Really? He That's said that? That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he tweeted it. <laughs> but I saw he Instagrammed a couple of pictures, one with him and Maisie Williams, who plays Arya, and one with him and Sophie Turner, who played Sansa. And they both just look like typical pictures of him and his adoring fan, fangirls. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, they would. Yes. Yeah. He, I swear to God, if, if you don't think that, that his magic can rub off on you, all you have to do is be in his presence and all of a sudden you are jello. I, I can totally corroborate that. <laughs> yep. He's got charisma, man. Yeah. And he barely has to do anything. Right. Yeah. Come over <laughs> here, baby. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All he had to do for me was just look at me when I was asking the question and then think about it for a second and give a, a thoughtful answer. And I'm like, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> But I have to, I also have to say both times I interviewed him when I said something that he thought was stupid, he kind of gave me a little dig for it, oh. which I guess is, that's what, I mean, I guess I would respect yeah. him less if he didn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. Next. AMC. Oh, speaking of Preacher, AMC's re renewed Preacher for a second season, this time with 13 episodes instead of 10 for all you Preacher fans. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I think you should watch the first episode, okay. you and David, and I'll see what it. you think. Uh, 
starting on Sunday, July 3rd, if you are hearing this in time, AMC will broadcast Walking Dead Season 1 in full in black and white. Oh, they did that before, right? I Did they do the whole season or just one episode, maybe? Oh, I don't no, remember. you're right. It was just one episode. I, I guess. Anyway, then each weekend after that, they're going to play the next subsequent season up through six. <gasps> oh, that's really cool. But only the first season in black and white? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Good. Yeah. So get on it, people. Set your VCRs, man. <laughs> next, uh, what's a VCR? Uh-huh. I remember hearing about that. <laughs> uh, Chad L. Coleman, who played Tyrese, has been cast in Arrow season for season five. He's playing the role of Tobias Church, who's described as an imposing gangster looking to unite the various criminal enterprises in Star City under his own singular command. What? Have you seen it? Yeah, I'm not really that into it. I like Chad Coleman, though. I hope no one who works at FanFest hears me say that. <laughs> <laughs> like Stephen Amell. <laughs> they should probably get a clue when I always get other people to moderate the Arrow moderate panels. The panel. well, I mean, because I just don't know anything about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Hey, we only have so much, so many hours in a day, right? I know. Yeah, there, there's... There's a lot of good Four stuff seasons, there's like 80 episodes of that. Right. And I could tell you about five different shows that I'm kind of half watching right now that are all really great. Mm-hmm. So there's only only so many hours in a day, man. I've been binging Justified and it's, it's fantastic. Justified. Yeah. And one of the uh, showrunners, the showrunner of that is one of the executive pro- producers for the Americans. So he's associated with some good TV. Have you been watching the Americans yet? Not yet, Ugh. but I will. Drive me crazy, man. Um, <laughs> well, it's on my list, like we say, because I also need to catch up on uh, Orange is the New Black, which I, just came out. I'm on uh, episode three. Yeah, but I want to get through. I think I want to get through Justified first just because I feel like I'm on a roll with it. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like the potato chip bag is halfway done. Right. Finish that up, man. Yeah. So then let's see. Another Norman Reedus thing. He revealed during a recent appearance on Conan, Conan that Conan. 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 That Daryl was originally supposed to ride a horse instead of a motorcycle. Huh. Walking Dead. I like the fact that he's on a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seems like a motorcycle guy. He thought, he thought so too, apparently, because he said, I saw it written and I'm kind of afraid of horses with their big eyeballs and they could smell your fear and all that stuff. <laughs> They're big eyeballs. They're big. <laughs> I could see him like looking over sideways at him. <laughs> It's big eyeballs. <laughs> now that he mentions it, I've never thought about that before. They do have large eyeballs. Tim and Megan have this big backyard, and way over in the corner, they have two uh, gnomes. There's a girl and a guy, but they're skeleton gnomes. Yeah. And they have a skeleton doll dog, and Nico kept looking over there, and he didn't want to sit on the side of the table closest to them. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel, Nico. You're freaking him out. I've felt that way many times. And then I, I picked him up and I'm like, let's walk over and take a look, okay? And he's like, okay. And we got about halfway there and he goes, that's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so. Aww. Right. They only, come, at, um, they only uh, come alive at night, Nico. Right. So. 
So, and it, we do have to keep the window open because it's hot. Yes. I'm sure they, yeah. they'll get to Tim and Megan before they get to us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so lastly, this is just a little spoilery about next season. So if you don't want to hear about new characters, move on to the next section. So TV Line is reporting that two new characters are set to join The Walking Dead for its seventh season. They said Naomi is a grandmotherly type who, having lost so many loved ones, is now willing to do whatever it takes not to have to bury any more. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, Naomi, you're going to have to bury at least one more. But... <laughs> right. You're, you're not going to be uh, saving everybody on the show. Maybe <laughs> nice, Naomi's going nice to <laughs> prevent any more deaths. And then on the flip side is Jenny, a sunny side up kind of teenager, kind of with a world weary toughness. How could she be sunny side up and world weary? Yeah, that's delicate balance there. Good luck, Jenny. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess you, you're kind of like that. Thanks. Sometimes. Well, a little world worry, <laughs> but kind of sunny side up. Thanks. Yeah. You're more sunny side up, I would say, though. I don't know. At work, <laughs> I'm more world weary. Really? On the weekends, yeah. sunny side up. <laughs> <laughs> you can just flip it, yep. flip it around yep. like that. Yep. That's a good, good skill. <laughs> All right, that's it for the news. Now it's time to talk about our first sponsor. So when we first started seeking out advertisers, however long that was ago, 10 years ago, whatever, <laughs> um, there were two that I tried to get because I used and liked their products. One was Fracture, who you've heard us talk about a lot, and we've been proudly advertising for them ever since. But now we finally got the second one, and so I can say their name, and it is NatureBox. Yeah, NatureBox. What do you think? Of, well, let me say what it is first. So if you're tired of eating the same bland food while trying to stay healthy, uh, just eat, trying to eat healthier doesn't mean you have to stick to the same boring food. Sometimes you retreat to just the same things that you know are healthy. But NatureBox makes over 100 snacks for that. So you get to choose what snacks you want and they're delivered right to you. And they're so good. Yeah. So I got my Nature Box box, and I got the peanut butter nom noms, the oatmeal blueberry. I got cups. that too. I love the peanut butter nom noms; are great. <laughs> um, sea salt, chickpeas, lentil chips. They're all amazing. They're healthy, and I and they're delicious. And you know the the most difficult part for me for this whole process is simply picking and narrowing down the choices because everything looks so good i know i had I know. the hardest time choosing yeah but i i'm a novelty seeker so here's the thing i love about nature box is once you use it for a while you get your favorites and then you can you can decide how many snacks you want each time and how often you want them but you know let's say i get five then i pick one or two that i know i like one favorite and and maybe one or two more that I know I'm going to like because it's chocolate or something. And then I can feel more adventurous with the other ones. Maybe pick some that I'm not sure I like or uh -huh. just, you know, something crazy that I've never tried before. And so you get a real variety. But my favorite. Uh, so this last time I got my very favorite three Roger roasted cashews. <gasps> I did I not love those. Are they good? Yes. Oh, they they're kind of rich, but spicy, which I love. Then I got coffee kettle popcorn, which has everything I love in one little kernel. Yum. <laughs> and uh, they're like encrusted with a sweet coffee crunch oh and then some God. of them are just plain. Yeah. Then I also got, you won't like this, but teriyaki beef jerky, which has teriyaki, wine, onion, Worcestershire, and a bunch of other stuff. I got the probiotic power mix because I wanted to go a little bit healthier. Yeah. And so that has cranberries, apples, Greek style yogurt, apricots, and a blend of nuts and seeds. 
and then I got the peanut butter nom noms, which are really good. So the, all the snacks are made with simple, real ingredients, no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners, things you can feel good about eating. And as you heard, you know, they're not all like health food. You, you, there's a wide variety and mm-hmm. you can choose some of the more decadent ones or some of the ones that are completely health foody kind of things. Yep. Um, but they're all made with good ingredients and they're always adding new and interesting snacks every month. And as I said, they're flexible, so you can choose how many you want each time and at what frequency. And something special about NatureBox that you can't do with other snacks is that they believe you shouldn't eat something you don't like. So if you try one and you don't like it, they'll replace it in your next box for free. Which is, which is awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I have never not liked one. And I'm I not the kind of person that can lie about that just to take advantage. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I would never do that, but uh, there's never been one that I that I've been like, no, I don't like this. So if you go to naturebox.com/deadcast, you get two bags of snacks for free, and that's the offer that they're giving to our lit- listeners. So that's naturebox.com/deadcast. Go there right now, get two bags of delicious snacks without any of the junk for free. Woo! Thanks, Naturebox. Yeah. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5. This week it's Top 5 Things from Movies or TV that we would want. <laughs> so, Which is a great... I'm so happy that this topic <laughs> happened. How did you think of this topic? Uh, so... Michael Darwin came up with the idea of top five props, but I thought, well, instead of props, how about like the actual real objects yeah. you know, that would work? <laughs> because I do have some props, which are awesome, but this is this is really fun. So um, my first thought, you're not really into the Marvel movies, right? A little, not much. A little bit. If you if you watch all the Marvel movies, you realize that they're actually putting together a huge story about these they're called Infinity Stones, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six Infinity Stones. Four of them so far have shown up in different movies, at Marvel movies, and in the comics, they all get brought together and one villain controls them all. But what they do, they have immense power, and I, my first thought was I, I would get one of those. There's the space stone that lets you open doors to anywhere and it's an energy source. Uh-huh. There's the mind stone that lets you put people under your spell and create artificial intelligences. There's the reality stone that I think could change reality. It's not too clear. And the power stone. But uh, the thing is, in most of the movies, when any person who's not an incredibly powerful being touches one of these, they just like get vaporized on contact. Right. So I'm like, meh, I don't think that would be too cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just really thinking about it, like sometimes your right. first thought, you're like, well, what if I really had that? I don't think it would go so well. Well, was that was that in Guardians of the Galaxy? One of them was, yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. purple thing. Yeah, that was that was the power stone. So it can destroy an entire planet. And yeah, it took a bunch of people holding on to that so that they didn't die. But when that one girl grabbed it, she just went right. up like a burnt piece of paper. <laughs> so I'm I'm calling good decision on not opting for that stone. Yeah, but in, okay, let's just get into the ones we did pick. So why don't you go first? 
That was the whole thing about why you didn't pick that. Yeah. It's hilarious. And, 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 okay, great. I'll go first. My number one, which was the obvious choice. And it's really funny too, because I told David the topic and I said, David, guess what my number one was? And he said, he said, the thing that you, that comes to mind is you wanted a TARDIS, didn't you? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I wanted a TARDIS. Of course I wanted a TARDIS. Of course. Who, who doesn't want to go? backwards or forwards or anywhere in, in space or anywhere in space yeah, yeah. it's the coolest thing ever mm-hmm. plus it's i have to say my very very favorite metaphor for um for people and for our hearts that which is that we're much bigger on the inside on, on the inside we're bigger than we know <laughs> Everyone, really aren't sweet. some people smaller on the inside? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but most of us have, have much more room in our hearts than we even know. Yeah. And also, I think it's much superior to like a DeLorean car from Back to the Future because those ones seemed a little problematic. And I think it's also better than the phone booth from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So there it is, the TARDIS. Whenever we go into an elevator, Nico and I... He he has to pretend it's the TARDIS, and as we're getting to the next floor, he'll you know how usually in the TARDIS you end up bouncing all over the place. Yeah, that's what he does. He goes, oh, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh my God, you have been trained. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but let me just say this: so with the TARDIS, it looks like no human being could figure out how to operate that. Uh huh. So yeah, I feel just, like you would need lords. also Doctor Who in there with you fine and if you had doctor who there's no guarantee that you would come out of this alive because it seems like <laughs> at least 20 percent of his companions end up stuck back in time or somehow irreparably Dead. scarred yes <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's worth it because it's a, it's an amazing adventure the, they all seem to think so they're all on board yeah, except and, the ones that hate him <laughs> can i can i pick my doctor i don't want the yes, new grumpy yes. doctor i, I want david guy. tennant you do or matt smith yeah he's, he seems the most caring i think no i think david Tennant. yes I um, agree. but uh well actually he kind of discarded a couple of women back there but anyways um <laughs> so i i just because of those things that i just said i think i would rather have the delorean and it would be the one that has mr fusion in it that you can just stick garbage inside and it powers yeah. it up <laughs> Just punch in your date. Make sure you have enough road to get up to 88 and punch it. (laughs) So with that one, you can go either back in time or to, I mean, obviously, to the future. Yeah. So, but you can't travel to other places. You're stuck on Earth. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's a limitation. It's true. You're right. (laughs) Okay. Well, let me go to my number five. So ever since I saw Return of the Jedi, I wanted a speeder bike that, you know, goes through the... Endor Forest. Yes, which actually is not that far from you. I know the actual place, huh? It's like Sequoia mm-hmm. Redwoods. Yeah. Um, and I also thought, you know, it would be awesome to have an X-wing fighter or another iconic vehicle like a Voltron Lion or or a Robo. I loved Robotech, the the Veritech fighters that could change into either an airplane, a robot, or a half robot, half airplane. Nice. <laughs> but nice. if I'm, you know, thinking ah, in the real world, I wouldn't really know how to fly those, and and as soon as somebody saw me, I might get shot down or something. 
<laughs> Even with the speeder bike, I don't really know how it, like what kind of feel it takes or how to maintain it, but I figure I might at least get a few good rides out of it without killing myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you would. Yeah. You would. It would be You'd have to be awesome. careful, though. I would recommend, uh, uh, you know, going in a not forested area first. Yeah. I wouldn't want to replicate that scene so much because I would be playing the part of one of the stormtroopers that smashes into a <laughs> tree trunk. <laughs> what a way to go, man. Yeah. I would go to the Utah Salt Flats <laughs> where there's nothing around to run into. <laughs> a wise choice (laughs) all right your turn (laughs) all right my turn so in uh, a lot of different movies and in fairy tales certainly there is a magic mirror now would i want a magic mirror (laughs) hell yeah the one i want in particular is from shrek you've seen shrek right Mm -hmm. i don't remember though very well oh the magic mirror is great he's sassy and he's fabulous. And who wouldn't want to have a mirror that gave me all the answers? Basically, the magic mirror gives you all the answers. That's Especially, awesome. Yeah. And 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 uh, often, it's the answers that you, that, like, they craft them for, to be, like, the answers you want to hear. So, yeah. It was the fairest of them all. Well, y- you are. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Magic mirror. But, yeah. Because that's the first question that comes to mind. So, you definitely want a magic mirror that's nice. <laughs> right, right. Oh, this question again. Karen, you're still the fairest of them all. Come on. <laughs> it's not Jennifer Connolly? No. No. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Jennifer Connolly, she's my number four. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my number four is a lightsaber. Another okay. another object from Star Wars. Yes. Which I don't know what I would do with, but my little the little heart of a child that still rests within me it's just like you know if i saw one of those my endorphins would just kick in I, I i would love it you know and i would you'd have to be super careful with it cuz yes, things are dangerous <laughs> yeah. yeah david and i this morning we were talking about what would it be like to actually have a lightsaber you'd be like <laughs> you couldn't use it around the house uh, here, uh, let me open that potato chip bag for you. <laughs> Dead. But you could be a good lumberjack. You could, <laughs> certainly. And you can also like hang around the tenderloin and hope somebody tries to mug you. Yeah, you know? or if like, anybody ever uh, intruded in your house, <laughs> they fucked. Oh, sorry, he's That'd about 10 ha- different hilarious. pieces now. I think it would, too. Somebody comes in. Vroom. <laughs> <laughs> And then I said, I was telling David, I'm like, well, wouldn't, um, you know, somebody with a gun, wouldn't they be able to kill you? And he's like, no, the lightsaber, right, you can totally block it. Oh, you know what? I I totally didn't think of this, but I'm adding it to my list anyway. I don't care. It's the top six, but the force. (laughs) I want the force because you need the force to block bullets, but also just be freaking awesome to be able to lift stones and. And get into the bars. Yeah, and uh, make people get out of speeding tickets. Dull-minded people do what you want. (laughs) I was not going that fast. Oh, you weren't going that fast. (laughs) You do not want to give out that speeding ticket. You'd like to give me your phone number. (laughs) I'd like to give you my phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the force would be really good. You're right. That would be the ultimate having the force. Yeah, I guess as you can see, I might. 
lean towards the dark side. <laughs> well, you know, like father, like son. Uh, so the great thing about having the force while you have a lightsaber is that you can, as like a party trick, you can be like, hey, let me show you my lightsaber. And then you can just, <laughs> you can just like put, stick your arm out and the lightsaber will magically come to your hand because uh-huh. that's what happens when you use right. the force. And if it doesn't work for some reason, then it like you know, sometimes it can be unreliable. Then you just said, hey, let me show you my lightsaber at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right, your turn. All right, my next one. I, this is from I, one of my very favorite shows is, uh, you, as you probably know, because I say it all the time, is Star Trek The Next Generation. There's three things, mm-hmm, three things I want from Star Trek The Next Generation that I would love to have. Three things, and I'll tell you my who wins. I want a replicator. Oh, yeah, I, totally, mm-hmm. dude. I want a transporter, and I want a holodeck. And so, oh, dude, I can't believe we didn't think of those. Yeah, those are all good, right? <laughs> yes. And, and I want data, but, and I feel like data's not a person, data's more like a thing. Yeah, you can hand. choose anything, though okay yeah i tried to stay away from like people and animals because i thought well i don't want to objectify anybody but really uh-huh. honestly uh one of my favorite episodes is all about how data is really a sentient being he's not a machine so scratch data off that i mean if but, he doesn't have his emotion chip in then he's more of a <laughs> right <laughs> even without it he's such even a good friend it, you're right yeah. he's a good friend to Jordy. so the holodeck wins and here's why. It'd be just great to have a holodeck in one of my, like in our office. Have a holodeck, you know? Uh, go into the holodeck and then take a Hawaiian vacation anytime you yes, want. Yes, absolutely. You right? can do it. I mean, the only thing about that is you would just forsake your life potentially. You know? Yeah, it's that's like, probably true. How it, are you going to leave the holodeck? Yeah, like even with technology the way it is right now in some countries like in south korea sometimes the kids just stay there playing video games all for three days and then they die of starvation sometimes what yeah that's happened that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy yeah or i don't know if it's starvation but they they die of exhaustion or something anyways it's really sad that i mentioned that but uh that would that yeah i would love to have that and this playstation vr is we're heading in that direction Oh, yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. Maybe I don't want the holodeck, but I certainly want the no, replicator. I think you're, I, I, yeah, I think you could, you could manage it. You could handle yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had a replicator, you wouldn't need to leave. You could just buzz up some peanut butter nom noms. Right. <laughs> you're all set. Got your Casper mattress. <laughs> you're <right>. set. <laughs> all right. My number three. This is, cheating a little bit because it's from a video game but a portal gun oh these are objects that you know i could pick objects that are more powerful but i've just fallen in love with certain objects uh-huh. and this portal gun the way it looks but it's just you know uh, if you don't know how it works you you have a gun that shoots two different colors of portals uh, usually it's orange and blue. So you shoot a blue portal on a wall and then you shoot an orange portal somewhere else. And then when you walk through one, you come out the other. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. It's just fun. And and there's also uh, just to make the game work right. They made this thing where the character has what's called long fall boots on so that 
no matter how far you fall, you don't die. So <laughs> I'm handy. I want to pair those two. And the uh, description of the game, uh, the the boots say the long fall boot is a boot used by Aperture Science to prevent test subjects from inadvertently damaging the portal device while falling to their death. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's the sense of humor of that game, by the way. It's it, that's why it's my favorite game in the world. It's so great. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Screw the subjects. You're right. Yeah. Long fall, fall boots would be really cool. That'd be good. Useful. Yeah. Sure. And a neat party trick again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, everybody, watch. <laughs> Here I go. Okay, my next one is um, if you'll. It's from a book originally, but it was made into a television show and a movie. I would like a babblefish. Mm-hmm. I would like a babblefish that I could put in my head. So a babblefish is a a little fish. Um, it's from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and you put it in your ear hole, and <laughs> the babblefish tran- is a universal translator. So it immediately tells you uh, what anybody's saying at any time. And you can understand every single language in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so cool. And you can also speak too. Like if the other person has a babblefish. Sorry, you speak in English or whatever language. And the, and the uh, other person with a babblefish understands you. So if everybody had babblefishes, we could all understand each other all the time. It would be kind of cool. In that book, the protagonist, Arthur Dent, wakes up and there's bulldozers outside of his house getting ready to clear his house out because he didn't see the government papers saying they needed to clear it out for something. And then an alien fleet invades and they're about to destroy the Earth to clear it for a hyperspace bypass. Yes. <laughs> yes. And what's the one thing he's, he was uh, advised to bring with him? The one object? His towel. Yes, that is the most handy item of all. Right. And by the way, as it turns out, um, I think it was dolphins are our real overlords. We didn't even know it. <laughs> and uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide is a device that connects to this network that has detailed information on all the alien races and planets and different things in the galaxy. And the entry for Earth says mostly harmless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i i love those books they're great <laughs> i don't know if you and i ever ever talked about that i don't think so what do you think of the movie it was it was all right right um the one with martin, martin freeman Fre- freeman yeah i loved it actually yeah, it's good and it yeah. had uh i think it was zoe deschanel was yeah the girl right whose name i can't remember <clears throat> trillion oh good mm-hmm. you're good yeah yeah I, I used to love those yeah, it's okay. pretty awesome. Okay. 42, the answer to life, universe and everything. <laughs> universe and everything. Rest in peace, Douglas Adams. Yep. Okay, my number two. Now, here's where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have these frivolous, impractical things, then I better pick a couple that are really going to do me some good. So I need your help on deciding for number two because I have two choices. One is the Green Lantern ring. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. two is the suit from Greatest American Hero. so so i'll just describe them both so the green lantern ring you put it on your finger and then you get all these powers energy projection like blasts a force field around yourself energy constructs so you can pretty much just make anything you can imagine appear only in it's 
formed out of this green energy. So you could make a desk, a, a weapon, a, a, a car, you know, whatever you want, a big giant fist to punch somebody with. Yeah. Uh, you can fly and you can fly out into space, go to other planets. And it also has a translator so you can understand any language. Oh, the the cons are it relies on your willpower and some of the writers have made that really important so that even when Batman put one on, he could barely use it. Oh. So like Hal Jordan was specifically chosen because he had the most willpower and resistance to fear. It also needs mm. to be recharged. Uh, you yeah. stick your hand in the in the battery and recharge it like the lantern <laughs> and um, it might obligate you to become a member of a space faring peacekeeping force called the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. <laughs> so that could be a bit of a pain <laughs> in the butt. <laughs> so like, really, I have to be a member of your core. Yeah. Uh, Can I just have the ring and recharge uh, it? Um, and then the other one, the suit from Greatest American Hero. So for people who don't know, Greatest American Hero was like the best TV show ever from the 80s. Look at you. That's so cute. I love that show because not only is it a fun like uh, superhero fantasy, but it's it's the the mood of the show was so, I don't know, like easygoing and mirthful and funny and i don't know it just had this great vibe to it yeah it yeah <laughs> it's great it even had a great theme song yes believe it or not oh yeah you've sung I'm that on this podcast before. On air. yes i have <laughs> uh, so here this suit is amazing you can fly you're invulnerable you can be invisible you can tell the future esp telekinesis x-ray vision super speed pyrokinesis Ooh. You can see through walls or see current events from vibes on objects and clothing. Oh, cool. Shrink. You can detect the supernatural. So that's all amazing. The, the cons are that you have to wear a ridiculous red suit. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And the powers are really hard to get the hang of, especially if you lose the instruction book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he flailed. Um. Okay, and and I'm picking? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Which one should I take? Greatest American Hero Yeah, suit. I think you're right. Yeah. Cause, mostly because I don't want to join no. the Green Lantern Corps. No, of course you don't. <laughs> but you know what? If I didn't have to join the Green Lantern Corps and I knew I could charge the ring up and that I could actually use it if I had the willpower or whatever it takes, I, I would pick that. Cause, uh, you can't use it. I don't want to... Go wear a funny red suit. I just want to put a ring on. <laughs> What's wrong with a superhero costume? It, it, they're dorky. They are. They are. All That's exactly what a, he always thought. He's across like, the board, they are always dorky. Did which, he think that too? Yeah, he he hated it. He didn't ever <laughs> want to put it on. And when he used to fly, it would be more like somebody threw him. He'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that I remember. <laughs> Every time after I watched that, every time I flew in my dreams, it was like that. Oh, it ruined <laughs> flying dreams for you. Kind of. It was still mm. fun, though. Well. Anyway. All right. So I guess I'll wear the red suit. Thanks. <laughs> it just seems like you'll have more free time that way. Yeah, true. <laughs> I won't be very discreet, but maybe I can just wear it under my regular clothes. <laughs> All right, now, um, so I'm going to let you pick my number one. Okay. Uh, 
So I'm going to give you, it's a multiple choice uh, quiz. And I'm going to let you choose. Actually, I'm going to quiz you and ask you, which one did I pick? Okay. So my number one is a home. Dun, dun, dun. I have a home. It's a perfectly <laughs> lovely home. But the, I, I love um, house hunters and I love the thought of living in a really cool house. I, I just dream about that all the time. I dream about living in a tree house. I dream about living <laughs> uh, in, you know, some really cool Frank Lloyd Wright house. I, there's a, a castle. I mean, there's a multitude. So I have four houses for you. One, Mrs. Doubtfire's house in Pacific Heights in San Francisco. Um, it's not even the house so much. The house wasn't even that special, although the house is pretty cool. In real life, I think it's even cooler than in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. I just like the thought that living in San Francisco, it's such a great city and it would be fun to have a second house there. I, I picked that way, one because then we'd be closer. <laughs> right, exactly. It would be so much easier to do our podcast. So that's one. Two, Downton Abbey. Dun, dun, dun. Uh. And uh, I told this to David and David was like, You'd have to take all the servants. Yes. You can't, you can't maintain That's my that first by yourself. Thought, yeah. They said, screw the servants. The servants are always up in your business. So uh, <laughs> it's just going to be you, me, and the cat in Downton Abbey. Oh he's God. like, he's it's like, be all dusty right. In there. Right. Well, have great parties, though. Imagine. And third and final is the house in Godfather Part Two, the one that's in Lake Tahoe, right on the lake. It's called Florida Lock in real life. It's an actual place, but I guess that it's not a house. It's so much as it is a resort at this point. So, okay, three places, San Francisco, England, the Downton Abbey house, or the Lake Tahoe house in Godfather Part Two. I never saw Godfather Part Two, but I think you picked that one. I did. <laughs> I love Lake Tahoe. <laughs> And that seemed the most manageable. But yeah. uh, runner-up is uh, Pacific Heights because I'd be in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, yeah, you really... I I don't really want a giant house because of the maintenance. And I don't know. I guess another two or three rooms would be cool. Like just to have a room dedicated to podcasting would be awesome. Uh -huh. And then yeah. have enough room for um, guests and stuff. Yep. And then maybe a pool room and a drawing room. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a library. <laughs> a library. <laughs> An indoor Servants pool. quarters. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's just a, if I could just have it for a weekend, I would totally pick the Downton Abbey. Castle. Yeah. Because that'd be it, amazing. You know, you import your friends and you have a big blowout party. And <laughs> it's so great. I'd invite all the listeners. I mean. They all fit. I, you know, there's a part of me that definitely I appreciate, um, living simply and especially for myself and also i feel like it's kind of way ostentatious to yes. to live that way and, and yes. a waste of resources but then when i go like i went to the biltmore state in north carolina uh -huh. and it, i was like wow this is so cool <laughs> it's pretty cool <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hmm. all right my turn yep okay my number one there was an old TV show I saw as a kid. It was just, it wasn't a show. It was a TV movie based on a book. It was called The Girl, the Gold Watch, and Everything. Huh. Never and heard of it. starred Pam Dauber, who was Mindy and, Mindy. And Mindy and Robert Hayes. And it was about this guy who gets this pocket watch bequeathed to him from his uncle and he figures out eventually that it has this power where if you stop the watch, then time stops. Cool. And you're just standing there and everything else, it's kind of 
the way they did it in the show, everything was kind of red, had this red tinge to it. Um, but everything is frozen. And so you can go up and the movie seemed like it was written by a 15 year old boy because, uh, like they'd go up to these girls playing volleyball in skimpy bikinis and they would just untie the bikinis in the back <laughs> and then start time again and they would fall off. Oh my God. <laughs> and, really? but the, the effect that that has to the people who aren't in this time limbo or whatever, it's instantaneous. So you could, you could take somebody and move them or turn them around. And to them, it would just be like, Oh, how did I get here? You know? Yeah. Or, um, you can, I mean, my first thought is, wow, I can catch up on all my reading or you uh -huh. know, if electronics worked, which I don't know if they would, you could do all kinds of stuff on your computer. Just you just have so much more time to do, do you, the stuff you wanted to do. But do you age at the same rate? I'm going to say no, <laughs> <laughs> because if you did and you used it way too much, then suddenly your friends would be like, man, you're looking old. Right. Exactly. What's that? Um, ah, oh, crap. What's that um, Heinlein book that um, has it? Uh, probably all the listeners right now are screaming out the name of the Heinlein I don't book. Know. I don't There's know. a great Heinlein book that has a substance called Tempus Fugit. That's mm -hmm. kind of the same deal. It's a drug that you take that stops time. But people you get it. Yeah. People get addicted to it and they they turn into old people within, you know, minutes of looking at them and well, because they've been enjoying their these, you know, this whole Tempest Fujit life. Wow. Well, you know what? If you even if you did age, I would still want it because I would, you know, have to use it very judiciously, but I would probably go to a casino and just win all their money. <laughs> <laughs> You know, or yes. you could you could do good things with it too. Yeah. Okay, you could, but how ma how many of us would you know use it to um, rob a bank or whatever? I don't know about robbing a bank, but a casino seems a little less um, evil to me because <laughs> <laughs> a bank has people's money in it. I mean, I guess it's all insured, but uh, yeah, a casino. I'm like, yeah, they don't need all that money, <laughs> but. Uh, I yeah, I just I always thought that was so cool and I always fantasized about having that watch. That's my yeah. number one. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Puppet Masters. That's the name of the book. The Heinlein. The Heinlein book, pretty yeah. Good. It's great. All right. Do you have any honorable mentions? I don't. Those okay. were the ones. I do. <clears throat> do it, man. So Aladdin's Magic Carpet. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Give your friend some rides. Wilson <laughs> the volleyball from Castaway. Really? Well, it's an honorable mention. You know, you can make one. Just oh, yeah. Saying. You have to uh, cut your hand. No, you could stick it in some red paint. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, the Ruby Slippers from Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. You can always go home. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Click your heels. Harry Potter's wand. Ooh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. But you'd have to one. go to wizarding school. I would do that. To learn to use it. I would totally do that. <laughs> I like that. That was your first answer. <laughs> I'm there. And yep. Um, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction is a yes. is a maybe. We don't really know what's in there. We do know what's in there. Somebody's soul. Yes. Okay. Yes. I want it. And it's uh, more beautiful than they even thought. It's uh, so great whenever they open up that uh, briefcase yeah, like, and it, oh it glows. God. Yeah. Yeah. Gold. Uh, would you want a dragon from Game of Thrones? Oh, that's funny. That's what I said to David, too. I'm like, I want a dragon, but I want to be a Targaryen so I can ride it. 
Yeah. That see that would draw Targaryens a lot of attention. It, it, could it cause would trouble. be a little showy. And <laughs> then there's the uh, there's the um care and maintenance of your dragon, which can be problematic for neighborhood uh <laughs> dogs and cats. It sounds like you're describing a jaguar or something or a BMW. It's a little showy. <laughs> <laughs> uh what else a the red pill in the matrix oh not the blue pill <laughs> not the blue pill aladdin's lamp oh yeah Three can you wishes. wish for uh for wish other for wishes any of this other stuff yeah, yeah lightsaber um things i would not want the one ring i thought about that too because then it'd be like <laughs> fuck now i have to go to mordor yeah, Mo- it just Mordor. weighs on your soul yeah, and it lets yeah. more it lets Sauron find you oh, and God. kind of saps away your life force. Throw it in the volcano, <clears throat> man. And being invisible is is kind of overrated, I think, anyway. Yeah, sounds lonely. And, you know, when you really think about it, what would you do? Like, people say I would take free plane rides, but those, ri- those planes are cramped. You're not going to be able to... Find an out of the way place where somebody's not going to yeah. bump into you and go. What? What's what this? What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> somebody's in my seat. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I uh, completely agree. I never. Yeah. If I. If it's between flying and being invisible, I always pick flying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Necronomicon. I would not want that. No. <laughs> no. From Evil Dead. The videotape from the ring. No. Don't want that. Chucky the doll. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and a zombie. Aww. Wouldn't you I, chain it to your no. basement? <laughs> and play video play games Play video with games it. with it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. A bunch of you guys wrote in and you had some great responses and I'll read. I'm going to read them all. So here we go. Des Combs said, a regular lightsaber. Pretty sure I just hurt myself with Darth Mauls. <laughs> the two-sided one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A time-traveling hot tub. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's dangerous to drive at 88 miles per hour. No, it isn't. <laughs> I guess it depends on where you are. A Kryptonian crystal shard so I can just throw it into the snow and instant fort. Ooh. Sean's record collection before the zombie apocalypse because I got rid of all mine when we thought we wouldn't be able to make digital copies. Oh. And the General Lee so I could piss half the people I know off and then paint over the Confederate flag and piss the rest of the people I know off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You could jump over stuff and say, yee-haw. Yee-haw. Mallory Six says, a gets you ready for the day conveyor belt like they had on the <gasps> Jetsons. Oh, my God. I think about that all the time. <laughs> Showers you, brushes your teeth, uh-huh. dresses you, fixes your hair and nails. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time. It's hilarious. Thad Petit says, a time-traveling DeLorean. Yeah. Pretty sure that's all I'd need. A lot of people said that. Vinny Gomez, a time-traveling DeLorean, a lightsaber, an Iron Man suit. Oh, an Iron Man suit. A transforming yellow Camaro, a.k.a. Bumblebee. That's (laughs) Transformers. And Falcor, the dog-faced dragon from the never-ending story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never-ending story. Uh, Jeff Rose says Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Just the whole thing. Right. And I've thought about that too. I, I want the Death Star, then I'd have everything in it. Lots of droids and <laughs> <laughs> evil Imperials. Uh, lightsaber, DeLorean, Dragon, and Matrix Knowledge Loader, or whatever that thing is called, so I can learn anything immediately. Oh, yeah. You know that, where they just jack it into your head and yep. suddenly you know Kung Fu? I would love that. Basically a hard drive, right? Well, 
Your brain is the hard drive. I think it's just like a, an interface with oh, your brain. Okay. So you plug it into the back of your head and then some knowledge gets uploaded. So if you wanted to read a book, you just go chunk and then you read the book. <sighs> you don't like it? Yeah, I like that, but it's I actually like reading. I like the process yeah, yeah. of reading. That's well, you could do it for things you don't want to. Yeah, that's that I, would, I could get all kinds of like, I mean, a whole medical journal, you know, that'd be mm. really handy, actually. Ten. You could watch all of Orange is the New Black in 10 seconds. <laughs> 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 okay. Jody Gonzalez Schneider says, duh, a real hoverboard, like Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. How awesome would that be to have Pretty a pit bull? Awesome. LOL. Pit bull. Is that what it's called? Matt Whitehurst has five. He says Millennium Falcon, mm. the cloak of invisibility from Harry Potter, the one ring to rule them all. I don't, <laughs> Matt, are you sure about that? Uh, John Snow's sword? sword. I guess he meant sword. Yes. Batmobile from Batman. Oh, the Batmobile. Mm. My mom used to have a 1955 Plymouth Fury that looked just like the Batmobile. From this, from the, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Although it was a source of great embarrassment to me later on when. Uh, uh, that show came out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, can't we just have a sedan, a Honda, a Cord, <laughs> just like everyone else? I know. That's funny. <laughs> my We had this like Ford Torino and it was big and red. And I used to tell my mom to drop me off a couple blocks away from school. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> So. God, kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're just, they just don't want to look dumb because the other kids are so cruel. Yeah. See, kids everything. suck. <laughs> I guess you're right. Okay. Uh, Becky Price says, I got to go with Mary Poppins purse. Pretty sure I can pull whatever I want out of that thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she's practically perfect in every way. Right. And you can pull out her umbrella and then float down and sing peppy songs wouldn't you just want uh mary poppins yeah as your nanny <laughs> yeah or yeah or just you know live in housekeeper <laughs> she could take nico off yeah that'd be awesome jose estrada <laughs> says the iron man suit kit from knight rider that'd be pretty cool yep. did you ever watch that the, nope. the trans am it was a talking car that could shoot missiles and stuff and helped out Night Rider solve crimes and stuff. Do we want a talking car? So cool. <laughs> I don't want my car to talk. It was like a, a Siri that works way better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it he's, wouldn't pass judgment. He's uh, Yeah. No, I don't. Well, maybe occasionally it did pass judgment. It had an English accent. Oh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a butler. Um, a TARDIS, Darth Maul's lightsaber, a Terminator T-1000 bodyguard. Oh, excellent. That might turn on you. Uh-huh. Michael Harding says, lightsaber, James Bond's Aston Martin, X-Wing fighter, the Enterprise, and a secret lair like the Batcave. A <laughs> secret lair. <laughs> That's what I call my closet. <laughs> <laughs> the Batcave. Tommy Ramirez says, Pil pills from the movie Limitless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. Make you super smart. Yeah, but that turned on him, too. Mm -hmm. There's a TV show. I think it got canceled. Mm. Uh, and also maybe a dragon. Mary Helen Beard says Harry Potter's Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Oh yeah. Brady Dazon says a Men in Black neutralizer and a translation caller from Up. Oh. Men in Black makes everyone forget they knew you. Right. So what are you going to do with that, Brady? 
Right. <laughs> He's going to do something crazy and then make everyone forget they knew him. Also, I don't need a translation caller to know what my cat thinks. She basically thinks bad things about me all the time. <laughs> she thinks she's better than you. She really does. You. I don't need to hear that. I already <laughs> can sense it. You plebe. Get me some food. Right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I need some affection. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Pitcher says, Inspector Gadget Arms. Oh, Nice. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I like that one. Sarah Larkham says Jason's hockey mask. Oh, creepy. Which makes me wonder what she's planning. Um, <laughs> you can go get one of those. Yeah, they're Sa- old school. Sarah Oaks says a Star Trek transporter. Evan Brookman says Excalibur, the Millennium Aww. Falcon, Iron Man armor. May as well have a Death Star, except mine will be more party, less death. <laughs> Party star. Party star. Man, that whole laser that destroys planets can just be turned into a big, like, subwoofer. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. They're having a party at the party star. Let's go, man. Let's go. We're all invited. And a holodeck, he says. And finally, Lamar Beatty says Flubber. Oh, Flubber. I don't even remember what Flubber did. I know. It just bounces around, I think. But. I think you like put it in your car and then you can fly or something. Oh, huh. <laughs> All right. That was fun. That was and fun. That was, and that's it. And we'll take a break and there's more to come. Stay with us. Look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. It should have been somebody. Continuing on with our theme of eating healthier healthier without having to stick to the same boring foods. I've been wanting to eat healthier lately. I did that whole 30, but I don't want to be that strict with it or go overboard or be anal, but I just want to raise the quality of my life. And after two months of generally eating healthier, I've lost 13 pounds and I feel good. I feel more energetic and everything, which is great. And so a way that you guys can join me in all this good feeling stuff is with our next sponsor. It's Blue Apron. Yeah. So for less than $10 a meal, what happens is Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with all the ingredients and they're pre-portioned and you make your own delicious home-cooked meals. And I don't really cook that much, but I love this so much. I've done four of these so far. And what you get, you get a big box with that week's food and it's all comes packed. So it keeps it cold. And then the ingredients are just the right portions and they're all labeled nicely. And you get these big, beautiful designed recipe cards with a picture of the finished meal and also pictures of each step along the way. So you can make sure you're doing the right thing. Um, I mean, this is good for people who don't cook that much because they really hold your hand with it or also just people who don't want to go have to go to the store and get all the ingredients and have too much that you're Mm -hmm. not even going to use and stuff like that. They also know that when you cook with really good ingredients, you make good meals. So they set really high quality standards for their community of suppliers. They have 
artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers, and they bring you the best ingredients. And new recipes are created each week by their culinary team, and they're not even repeated within a whole year. So the ones I've cooked are, there was this spicy hoisin turkey meatballs that had garlic and scallions and zucchini and ginger in it. that sounds good. There was a crispy catfish with parsley mashed potatoes. And there was seared steaks with spiced potato. It took about 40 minutes to an hour to make each one of those, including the preparation time. And it makes me feel really good to do that because I'm cooking for myself and my wife and my son. And that's just makes me feel good in and of itself. And blue apron makes it really easy. Also it's healthier. So I feel better as I mentioned, and it tastes really good and there's a good variety. So it's just a really good experience all the way around. And all these meals that I've made taste really good. And I'm like, yeah, that's so awesome. Yep, exactly. And, and for me, I'm a vegetarian and I've tried other services that these meal prep services and I've tried other ones, but they don't have vegetarian options. And Blue Apron has a million vegetarian options. It's so great. You can actually put in like what your restrictions are and if you have any allergies or anything like that and they try to accommodate you. It's so easy and it's healthy, really healthy. I got the tempura squash tacos um, a vegetarian ramen bowl and um, fig and Gruyere grilled cheese sandwiches with an endive salad. And I got to tell you, swear to God, the ramen bowl was the best I've ever had. And I'm a That's soup. Awesome. I'm a soup girl. And I, I I sort of go around and I try is this area, especially we have. Me too. We have a, going to ramen places. Mm-hmm, we have good ramen places. And this is the best one I've ever had. It was so easy, too. And it actually took me less time. Um, took me about 25 minutes for these ones so it was pretty easy and they try to make it simple for you and you can either scale it up or scale it down and the weekend that I did it David was producing A's games down in Anaheim so it was just me here and I ordered it for two people and it was plenty for two people what I did is I saved it for the next day so I had it for lunch the next day and uh, so one person can order it or if you can scale it way, way up so you could have like a whole family. Family, um, yeah. Yeah. And so it's super flexible too. And uh, I think one of the reasons why it took you 25 minutes and it takes me an hour is because it takes me about five minutes to chop up a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. It says, I'm, it says uh, thin sliced. That's about right here. Oh, right here. No, it's just... <laughs> And then I see on TV, they're like, chop, 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 chop. And you're like, oh, that. I'm going to chop up my finger if I try to do it that fast. (laughs) But uh, I think I'm going to get faster as I go. You'll get better Mm. at it. And and the nice thing is you get these recipes cards that you can keep. And so you can duplicate the recipes afterwards. And I will absolutely do that again. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, you're learning cooking techniques too. Yeah, I'm learning. Yeah, you're learning how to cook and you can... After a while, you go online and they have a great Facebook page and each recipe, people comment on it and they give their suggestions on how they've changed things. Uh And I actually followed a couple of those and they give their opinions on recipes if you haven't cooked it yet and stuff like that. So there's a good community around it. So all around, I'm just really, really happy with this and I'm excited. You know, it's really fun to do. Mm -hmm. We're getting another one today. I'm really, really happy about it. Yeah. All right, cool. So you go check out this week's menu and you can get your first three meals free with free shipping, which is 
totally cool by going to blueapron.com slash deadcast. That's B-L-U-E-A-P-R-O-N dot com slash deadcast. Thanks, Blue Apron. Okay, now let's see. <clears throat> so you've said that you're mad at Robert Kirkman, Kirkman because why? <laughs> because too many people they meet are, are bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, I just want to make active, sure I have the gist of it. I'm not, it right. I'm not actively mad at Robert Kirkman. In fact, I, I feel very fondly towards Robert Kirkman because he has created this amazing series and I do love The Walking Dead. But I got to tell you, it kind of pisses me off and it bums me out that every group that they seem to meet, more or less, except, of course, the Ale- Alexandria turned out to be a perfectly lovely place and very welcoming and, and mostly. Um, but a lot of other places that they've gone to, uh, they've come to these really horrible, horrible people who are, you know, in the case of Terminus, eating each other. Well, right. not each other, eating other people. And they lure them there and the people show up and then they, you know, hey, can you stay for dinner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'd like to have so you. So you, you just think that in the real world, it wouldn't be that bad, right? You know, I've got to I've got to believe my worldview is that people aren't that bad. So, yes, I believe that in the real world that people would take care of each other. I've seen it myself. And I've heard stories of when, you know, society it goes through hard times that people do come together. So I yeah. think I think that I, hard times bring out better in people, not worse. But what do I know? I Yeah, well, personally, I don't really know either. And I hope that you're right. And I hope we never have to find out whether you're right. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, you know, I... I guess if I had to, I mean, we did get to where we are right now, you know, I mean, there's a lot of violence in the world, but we hear about all the violence and I would say overwhelmingly, at least in most countries, things are pretty peaceful, right? Yes. You hear about the violence, but we've come to a place in society where most people in most countries are safe. So we did do that, you know, humanity got to a pretty stable place at yes. least so far. But uh, if there was suddenly anarchy and a big apocalypse, then who knows? But I, I was just thinking about all of this, and I happened to be just looking through games on this service called Steam, which I do sometimes just to see what's out there. And there's this game called Rust that uh, I think gives a fun and interesting perspective on all this. The object is it's an open world game. So when you go in, you can run into other people who are playing the game that are you know over the network. And the object of the game is just to survive in this harsh open world. And you start with almost nothing. I think you're actually naked when you start. Oh, boy. Maybe you have like a rock or something. Uh-huh. And then you have to like build up a shelter and get food. You have to get food or you'll starve. And so it's like anarchy and apocalypse, post-apocalyptic. There's wolves and bears that that are threats and it used to be zombies, but I don't know why they changed it to wolves and bears, but the primary danger comes from other players and it's sort of like an apocalyptic simulation. And so I haven't played this game, but some of the reviews on steam are enlightening as to how people are playing it. And I think they're fun to read too. So I just wanted to read a couple and see how that colors our our perspective. So here's a couple. Uh, It's pretty long, but it's fun. You spawn on a beach, naked and afraid, with a rock and a torch in your hands. You set out on your mission to survive. 
Then some guy with a submachine gun shows up and murders you. (laughs) So you respawn on another beach, naked and afraid, with your rock you painstakingly knock a tree over and crush a boulder into little pebbles, which you then fashion into a hatchet. You use your hatchet to craft yourself a bow in order to hunt game. You use your bow to take down a wild boar, which you then cook over a campfire. You use the leather from the boar to fashion some makeshift clothing to protect you from the cold. You smile, knowing that based on your intellect and hard labor, you've managed to fashion a respectable existence for yourself on this forsaken island. Then the same guy with the submachine gun shows up and one-shots you. (laughs) It, it It goes on. You respond on another beach with nothing but a rock and a torch. You gather your wits about you and retrace your steps. Soon you once again have a hatchet, a bow, and a large pile of wood. You get to work on building a home for yourself so that you will have shelter to protect yourself from the elements, and so that if you die, you don't have to start over from the very beginning. You carefully set down a foundation and then build walls. Soon all that remains is to put the door in place and your new home will be complete. Then the same guy with the submachine gun shows up and you (laughs) fall to the ground in a hail of bullets. As you roll around screaming on the ground, he pulls out the very same bow you crafted in your second life and delivers the coup de grace. Ah! (laughs) You, You respond on a beach. Desperately, you run in the direction of your house, which is on the opposite side of the island. As you reach your house, you discover that a door has been placed... (laughs) And you are now locked out. You knock on the door and submachine gun guy, the new owner of your house, pops out and murders you. (laughs) In in a rage, you respawn on yet another beach with nothing but a rock and torch. Furiously, you knock over a tree with your rock, rechase your footsteps, and about two hours later, you finally have a house of your own. You gather stones and solidify the walls. You create a furnace and start smelting metal, which you then use to strengthen the walls. You gather blueprints for advanced weaponry and armor and soon are kitted out in the very best protection that exists. After three days of this, your home is now a fortress, daring anyone to test your metal. Armed with your rifle, you set out in search of submachine guy. There's hell to pay. But you don't find him, he finds you. He uses hacks to make his way into your base, takes over the building privileges, and changes the locks. When you return, he flies out of the building and rains bullets from the sky, ending your life. When you reawaken in your sleeping bag, you discover that he built stone walls around your sleeping bag, trapping you in the darkness. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. I just thought that was so hilarious. So this guy gave the, the game a bad review, a poor rating. <laughs> that's so funny uh-huh that is so funny there i okay so i have one more review of another guy who had a bad experience but i think it's funny so i'm gonna read it okay. and then there's one of a guy who's kind of on the other side of this okay <clears throat> he's more like the submachine gun guy so the the other bad experience spawned in server 30 seconds later shot in the head i think to myself why did i buy this game <laughs> I contemplate even respawning, but I do, only to be greeted by a man named Pablo. Pablo was a man of many talents. He took me under his wing and told me to follow him back to his base. I was not anticipating getting locked in a jail cell along with many other fresh spawns beside me, each in their own cell. Each cell had a window, and I was on the ground level of the compound. I looked outside. We were surrounded by high stone walls, and there was no way for anyone to get in and rescue us, I thought. I was wrong. That night I heard explosions and looked out as I saw a wall come crashing down before me. It was a group of three people, but they were no match for Pablo. He shot all three, but not before one chucked me an AK through the window. I wondered, what could I do with this? Could I kill Pablo having only played the game for half an hour? I waited for him to come with food and I launched my attack. He opened my door and I shot him in the head. 
I looked in his corpse and saw something I never thought I would. He was holding the rocket launcher the three men used to break through the walls previously. Seven rockets were also there. I ran to the exit and blew out using four of the seven rockets. Pablo was outside. I used the fifth rocket and blasted him. Two left. I looked to my left. There it was, the hole in the wall, but I wanted more revenge. I decided to head further into the compound using my last two rockets to blast through a wall which had Pablo's sleeping bag and tool cabinet in it. I struck gold. I authorized myself and destroyed Pablo's sleeping bag. I was now the ruler of Pablo's prison. I then did the same to Pablo as he did to me, only to be raided by another group of people and lose my prison. (laughs) The cycle repeats itself. Wow. (laughs) So this is a crazy game, huh? That's a crazy game. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy game. Uh, What do you think hearing all that? I mean, it's just a game. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. But it just made me think of how people are, you know? Right. Exactly. Maybe it's more how like 15-year-old boys are. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. If um, yeah. if it's a, a group of, um, you know, uh, little teenage girls, then maybe that's all, you know, they blast flowers at each other. <laughs> you know? The thing is, yeah, in this game, it's interesting because when you're playing it, you do better if you team up with people but you can't ever trust them because they could turn on you which is exciting actually but um it's like it does feel like it, it it's like what it would be like you know you're not really sure you can trust people but maybe hopefully you would be able to trust people more I, I, society falls apart and i think things are going south pretty fast in a better mood i believe that we all are good people and when things go bad we help each other and we you know find our better angels blah 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 but probably more realistically it's going to be a game of spawn <laughs> you know do you want to hear a little bit from the guy who loves yes all this okay he says rust equals survival of the fittest if you want a game about peace love and dancing in poppy fields then this game is not for you So for all the negative reviews about a toxic community, I would simply suggest that you don't understand the nature of this game. Everything you do in Rust needs to be assessed from the perspective of how will this benefit me and what is the risk. So when you find another player, you need to assess the risk in wanting to have a nice talk with a random player who who appears, wink, wink, to be friendly, as this may result in having your brains blown out. In Rust, you need resources to build. If you, quote, steal another player's resources i.e. blow their brains out and take them from their corpse, you can build faster and protect yourself better. Wow. It's as <laughs> if he's it's as if he's um, channeling Kirkman. Yeah. There's also an advantage to forming a group, but this comes with its own risk, i.e. could I tolerate this squeaker's voice for more than 10 minutes? <laughs> Will he betray me? Is he utterly useless? Is his codpiece bigger than mine? <laughs> It's a dude's play. Yeah. Every encounter is an adrenaline-fueled adventure, leaving your heart pounding and your butt cheeks clenched. <laughs> oh, and either the euphoric thrill of victory from defeating an enemy or resisting the urge to punish the keyboard when you get shot. No other game I know lets you grind your enemies into dust quite like Rust. First you kill them, then chop up the body for meat, then destroy their base, then take all the resources they spent hours collecting. And last up, dinner time, filet of enemy, whilst telling the guy you killed you're eating him in chat. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the termites. Yes, that sort is of. exactly the termites. Mm. Except the termites weren't, weren't um, 
mean like i mean they were mean they were terrible but they weren't uh yeah they weren't vengeful you know yeah they seemed more to to think of the people as cattle versus like take relishing in their suffering yeah, or something and, like that. exactly and they thought of themselves as victims really they're like this yeah. is why we are like we are because somebody treated us so terrible before remember they they really yeah, saw oh, yeah. themselves as victims which i never thought was believable that somebody who had been victimized like that would then turn to that course of action especially right. a whole group of people yep but it was fun to watch <laughs> yes it was especially <laughs> as it turned out well I just thought it would be funny to to look at that and see what in at least in this game that kind of replicates these situations uh-huh. how the people are pretty awful. Yes. <laughs> and and you really have no choice it seems like cuz if you are too nice you're going to get taken advantage of in this game. Yeah. But I'm not saying that proves anything. I just thought it was interesting. I think it's funny. But I did want to mention that you know, then I thought about the show. Okay, we started out with Rick by himself, waking up out of his coma, he founds he finds his wife and uh, son, and he has his friend Shane, who's kind of an a hole, but yeah, they're they're the only people that he knew before the zombie apocalypse. Right. So here are some good people that they have met along the way over the six seasons. Okay. Morgan, Dwayne, Glenn, Dale, Andrea, Amy, Carol, Sophia, T Dog, Jackie, Jim, Morales, the Vatos. Dr. Jenner, Herschel, Maggie, Beth, Patricia, Otis, Jimmy, Axel, Oscar, Tyrese, Sasha, Michonne, Milton, Karen, David, Mika, Lizzie, sort of Patrick, a bunch of other Woodbarians, Tara, Lily, Megan, the other David, Abraham, Rosita, Eugene, Bob, Noah, Gabriel, Jesse, Aaron, Eric, Deanna, Spencer, Tobin, Jesse, Sam, Enid, Reg, Aiden, Olivia, Francine, Dr. Denise, Scott, Heath, and Jesus. Did you do that all from memory? Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, but you know, that's a pretty big list, right? That's a pretty big list. But how many um, people do you, I think the people they're about to meet, the uh, sanctuary folks, mm-hmm. I think they're probably, or not, what do they call the sanctuary folks? Or maybe the saviors? The, the saviors. Saviors, yeah. yeah. I think um, there's probably going to be more of them and they're probably all pretty damn bad. Why do you think that? What What if, I mean, you saw that when we first met Dwight and his girlfriends, they were trying to get away from Negan and they didn't like his leadership style. Uh-huh. And then Dwight ended up with a big burn on his face. Uh-huh. So is it possible that some of these guys are not actually in love with the situation that they're in, but they're just doing the best they can survive, kind of like the Woodbarians? Uh, sure. Yes. You're, yes. Uh, that's probably true. Uh, however, it won't make a difference for whoever's getting their brains bashed in as we speak. Yeah, because there's one bad guy, Negan. Right, and he controls the whole show. And it's not just one bad guy. He's got all these lieutenants, and they're all terrible, and they all control the entire show. And they control it to such an extent that people will risk their lives to escape. I guess my point is, you know, you can't say that this show yeah. has mostly bad guys and then hear a list like that that takes like three minutes to read off (laughs) yeah i think there's been more good guys than bad guys well i i I could come up with my own list which would include everybody from terminus everybody from so far that we've seen the sanctuary um uh most the people in woodbury um I don't think you can argue the that. The hospital, a lot of people in the hospital were no, bad. No, you can't argue that. If you're going to argue that 
the people in the hospital or Woodbury or even sanctuary are bad in and of themselves, then just because the people who are controlling the group are bad, then you have to argue also that all of Rick's people are bad too, because they went in and just murdered the saviors in their sleep. So that means all of them are bad too. Glenn and Maggie. They're all devolving. And by the way, the wolves, I I forgot the wolves. Oh yeah. Those guys are. Yeah. Fucked up. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe you would argue that. Maybe you think even Rick's people are, are bad people. I think that Rick's people have done some bad things. They are yeah, not I, exactly. We, That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like you could say that about some of the Woodbarians too. You know, it's not black and white. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think, uh, yeah. It's, the, I the, my whole thought is that it's not black and white. But I think Kirkman's worldview is that people would devolve into these these monsters a lot faster i think than than they would than they really would Mm -hmm. yeah and how much can we chalk that up to just needing it to be a dramatic tv show yeah that's true for me i i think that you can um i think you can have a perfectly lovely tv show without having it just be monster after monster you know, oh, they find a whole group. Oh, the group is all controlled by a bad guy. Ooh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, with the zombie show, the zombies attacking you and being scary gets old really fast. And there's no society. So I think it's pretty hard to make up stories when you don't really have much of a life aside from going out and getting supplies. And that's probably true. And that's and that's certainly was true with like lost and also true yeah. with even something yeah. like orange is the new black. What can, what more can they tell? Well, that orange is the new black and, and lost are relying on um, going back and doing backstories and giving us a little more character development and more backstories so that we get to know the characters a little bit better. And we, and, and they never seem to do that with, the Walking Dead, and they could do that, but I know they're trying to follow the comic, and the comic has a certain arc to it and a certain a certain feel and style. But it would be kind of yeah. great to, you know, you're right. It, it there's only so many things they can do, but going back and learning more about the characters and where they came from, I think that would be a great direction for the show to go in. But they won't. But I'd love that. I actually think so too, and especially because. In the zombie apocalypse, it would be really interesting and and very telling to see. I've said this many times on the podcast, but how people's characters either changed or didn't change yes. before and after. Yes. Um, but and and I think you're right. That would actually be a way to give more storytelling capabilities without having to resort to just them meeting bad people. All the yeah. Time. So yeah. Um, but I I will say that on Lost, you know, on the island everyone they met was bad pretty much yeah <laughs> i mean the the others anyway they didn't really meet that many people but also um widmore's people from the boat and so when they went back in the flashbacks they met a lot of bad people too but there were also stories that weren't so black and white like that right and the people yeah. even the people who were bad ended up uh you, you sort of got their got their backstory and a lot of them ended up sort of feeling more um, like the people on the boat, they got redeemed. um, A lot of them. Yeah. And I think you get that in 
Walking Dead sometimes too, but not as much. Because for one thing, because people don't last that long. I'd like to learn more about this Jesus guy. I want his story. Yeah, me too. He's awesome. Yeah, very so intriguing. Eh. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think that's that's a good enough talk about that (laughs) (laughs) our last and final advertiser is texture and texture keeps advertising with us and i don't know for sure but i think it's either because they can hear how much we really genuinely love their app and what it does Uh and hopefully also maybe it's because you guys are trying out trying it out which you should so what is texture well it's all about magazines on your tablet or phone And when it comes to magazines, you know which ones you like. And with Texture, you can get all the magazines you want in one really convenient place. There's hundreds of your favorite magazines on there, including the back issues. And you can read through them from cover to cover, or you can just pick out the articles that interest you the most. It makes it super easy to find the ones that you care about. So... I don't I don't just get to read, for example, through an issue of Wired or Entertainment Weekly. The editorial team also recommends content from for me every day. Plus, they have personalized collections uh, around different topics so you can go even deeper. Um, under the entertainment topic this week, they have Who's Afraid of Samantha B in Rolling Stone. <laughs> but she's been getting a lot of attention lately. She's great. Mm-hmm. I want to read that one. And then like another example, there's vacation ideas, 12 all American towns you must visit now from Midwest living. Cool. Which I want to check out. And there's a lot of Brexit articles, of course. Yep. <laughs> so what do you, what do you like about the texture? The thing I like about texture is that it's an amazing value. If you were to subscribe to all of those magazines, it would be unbelievably expensive and with texture is just one small price which is really nice it's great for gift giving i've given it to my mom uh, who has a tablet and my brother who also has a tablet so i've given it to both of them as presents i love the fact that for a car trip imagine this you're on a car trip your kids are bored they're watching movies but even movie watching gets kind of old or playing games or whatever give you know a lot of kids have phones or tablets and they have so many kids magazines and and even teen magazines. They've got all kinds of neat stuff. It's problem solved for a car trip. You know, they've got the National Geographic kids. They've got cricket, sports illustrated kids. It's adorable. So it make any car or plane ride really easy. And you also have access to, as Jason mentioned, all the back issues. So um, load those up and you have tons of reading material for any trip. That's awesome. I didn't even realize that, but that's really cool. And you can, yeah, you can download any magazine you want right onto your iPad so that you can have access to it even when you're not connected to the internet. So like for plane rides, you can also just download the individual articles if you want to. It's the easiest way to remain culturally curious yep. with top stories, new and noteworthy sections updated throughout the day. Go go and read The New Yorker, people. I'm telling you, yeah. it's the best writing out there. They have some really long articles sometimes, and they're really fascinating. And it, my attention span has gotten <laughs> shorter and shorter over the years, but I will dive into one of those uh-huh. every once in a while just because I feel like it's good to really get deep with something nobody dives in deep like the new yorker it's great (laughs) 
Atlantic too mm-hmm. came on there recently. The best part is Texture's offering you guys a free trial right now when you go to texture.com slash deadcast. If you do that, you get immediate entry into all these magazines, including the back issues, and they also have bonus video content that you won't get by reading a paper magazine. So you can start all this binge reading for free right now when you go to texture.com slash deadcast. Thanks, Texture. Okay, last topic. Let's talk Only Lovers Left Alive, which is Jim Jarmusch's, I think, 2014 or 2013 uh-huh. movie. He also directed, by the way, Broken Flowers with Bill Murray, mm-hmm. which I liked, and Dead Man with Johnny Depp, which I didn't see, but I'm curious about it now. He hasn't. He's not a super prolific filmmaker, but he's he's fabulous when he does make a movie. How would you describe his style? Moody and slow. Understated, right? Yeah, very understated, very atmospheric. Yeah, he he wants you to soak up the uh the mood. Which, if you're impatient for plot and things to Uh happen, then you won't. You'll be probably driven crazy by a movie like this. Yes, it's more about just yes, soaking up the vibe. I would say. Yeah, it. This is a very slow paced movie, but it's so wonderful. So you you get to dive in deep with like. The cast, and the cast is also, he always casts amazing people. So he cast in this one, Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. And they're vampires who are married? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're a married couple vampires. They live a- Who've been alive for a long time. A long time. She's been mm-hmm. alive even longer than he has. He's She's been alive for a couple thousand years, I guess. Um, and he's been alive for whatever, hundreds of years. Which is funny because she looks like she's about- Eight or ten years older than him, I would say. Yeah, right, right. I, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. And she's, oh, they're, so they're both these vampires. And her little sister, quote unquote sister, who's also a vampire, who's played by Mia Wasikowska. Is that how you say her okay. name? She she looked familiar. She's been in a ton of stuff. Well, I couldn't remember. Yeah, she's been a ton of stuff. So that's her little sister, and it's fun. They've all they've they've all got big wild hair in this. <laughs> that's because they're so old. Their hair just gets old. <laughs> but it's wild looking. Apparently, um, they put weaves in their hair, and some of it's like goat hair and uh, mm. horse hair. Yeah, it's so great. Before we get too much into the details, let's just for people who don't want to get spoiled and who might want to watch it. Well, I think we've already kind of given a pretty good general idea of whether you'd want to see it based on what type of movies you like, I guess, right? It's It has uh-huh. a very much of an indie feel. Yep. It's very smart. It's, I would say, understatedly funny, yep. but it's also very slow and there's not a lot of plot. There is some, but um, it's very much, a, it feels like an indie movie, not at all like a Hollywood movie. Right. <clears throat> And it's vampires. Right. (laughs) But I would say it's much more of a love story than a vampire story. Correct. Yeah. So having said that, let's get into a little more deeper. So if if you're okay with spoilers or if you've already seen it and just want to hear what we thought, then keep listening. If not, I would skip ahead. Okay. So back to the cast. John Hurt plays Philip oh, yeah. Philip Marlowe and he's in he's living with uh well not with but he's living in Tangiers also where Tilda Swinton's character lives and Eve yes and and uh Tom Hiddleston is Adam so we have Adam and Eve at first I wondered if they were saying these were the original Adam and Eve yeah right 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 <laughs> 
apparently, uh, and it's, you know, they have, it's a very literary movie. So they talk about how like Philip Marlowe wrote Shakespeare's plays, uh, which is, you know, long been a thing. A theory. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think he got in trouble, Philip Marlowe or something. And then he died. I, I don't know. I didn't go back and research it, but um, in in this universe he faked his death and then he continued to i think write most of shakespeare's plays (laughs) yes and now he feels um resentful that shakespeare got all the acclaim for it right (laughs) (laughs) but he's a vampire so he can't really reveal anything yeah so they're trying to stay on the down low they don't want i love that they call humans zombies did you notice that so yeah so I, you know, uh, there's a really funny iTunes review about this that says it just starts off. Only Lovers Left Alive is probably the best movie ever made about the hell that is being a hipster. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, throughout the first half of the movie, I found myself getting annoyed about Adam's superior snotty attitude. His ennui. His yeah. world weariness. Well, not not only the world weariness, but just the superiority. He feels like all people are idiots and they can't do their wiring correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> but, you know, I started to feel less like, oh, this is an interesting guy. And, oh, what an asshole. He thinks he's better than everybody. And Eva says, "They're con- you guys are condescending snobs. And I'm like, yeah, she's kind of right about that, at least about Adam. And so I was like, Uh, Am I supposed to like this guy? And I think probably a lot of people who watch the movie just like the guy throughout the whole thing. But I didn't. I was starting to think he was an asshole. And then the movie got self-conscious about that, that Eve is on the other side of the equation. She's very much, you know, this movie is sort of about if you did live forever, then how would you perceive the world? And he's gotten sick of the world. And I think it's a projection, actually, of Mm -hmm. his own attitude about himself and he's practically suicidal but she's learned to really appreciate things and to recognize the abundance of beauty and everything in the world and not grasp onto things and she's just very wise and and i think that awareness of how he had this sort of a self-defeating attitude really came into the movie and then i loved it because i'm like oh yeah the movie recognizes at least this was my perception that this is no way to live right she (laughs) she tells him remember she says how can you how can you live so long and still not get it she says this self-obsession is a waste of living yeah can be spent in surviving things appreciating nature nurturing kindness and friendship and dancing and you have been pretty lucky in love if i may say so so sweet yeah yeah uh, that line reminds me also of um john hurt's character saying humility will get you nowhere <laughs> yeah right because uh yeah but yes when she said that line that's when i felt myself relax and go oh i love this movie so yeah. much you know and he she he really needed her Yes. He would have killed himself. Yes. But they, they complimented each other well so well, each other so well. And I was thinking, well, why does she need him? And I would guess she just feels so she, they fit together so well. Yes. I mean, he kinda needs her, but maybe she feels, you know, useful or like she's serving a good counterpoint to him. 
also he t- he has all kinds of really interesting he says all kinds of interesting shit yeah. you know she's like tell me about entanglement einstein's spooky action at a distance is it related to quantum theory and you know it's so it's so interesting they talk about the spooky action at a distance it's he's very they, they're so cultured both of them oh yeah which is another aspect of living a long yes. time they're just even more cultured than your average hipster <laughs> right right and I, you know, when uh, Eva um, Her destroyed sister. all of his guitars yes. and records, yes, then and he was so broken up about it, and mm-hmm. then I suddenly had more of an appreciation for him because yeah. I realized that he's not a poser. He really does. He's not trying to achieve some kind of a look because it's cool. No, he really does love all this stuff. He loves the craft in the guitars. Yes. He loves the music and it's all pure. Even when he says, um, you know, Eve, Eve says about that singer that he loves that she, Oh, she'll be famous. And he says something like, I hope not. She's too good for that. Yeah. And that, you know, even though it's kind of snotty, then I, towards the end of the movie, I did get more of an appreciation for him as a person just wanting pure experiences. And he liked Ian, the zombie. Yeah. Yeah. He liked Ian. And speaking of Ian, it was incredibly sad to see Ian is played by Anton Yelchin, who died in that freak accident recently. Are you kidding me? I didn't realize that. Yeah, and we didn't even know. Um, we decided to review this movie before he died, but I, you know, I was aware of it. I was, I was watching it yesterday, the first time oh. I ever saw it, and seeing him laying there dead on the couch was like, oh, oh my god, this is so sad. You know, he oh. and he was such a great character. He kind of reminded he me was. of Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yes, he was so <laughs> sweet. He wanted to, he wanted to be like them. He didn't even know what they were, and he wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. He put they're... his glasses on. <laughs> yeah, <in the> <laughs> and he, and he, he was the, uh, he brought. Uh, Adam the guitars and he was able to procure some things for Adam and I love when uh, when Adam goes down and sees what Ava has done he says you drank Ian <laughs> and she's like yeah I, yeah I don't feel so good she's like sorry with a little sorry yeah I Eva is such a just fingernails on the chalkboard character yes and I think it's really funny that when her it first comes up that she has a sister and who may be coming to visit the way they react makes it seem like she's some kind of an evil, dangerous vampire that might hurt them. But it turns out she's just the world's worst house guest, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. You know? She's family. So yeah. And we all sort of secretly feel this way about family. <laughs> when she's like jumping on him going, peekaboo, I see you. And he's trying to sleep. Uh, I was like, get out of here. How about this, Eva? Go upstairs <laughs> and watch a movie. We'll be up in five minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that when they drank the blood, it was like... Um, it was like they were doing hits of nitrous. Totally. <laughs> I was I was thinking it was more like coming on for with ecstasy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's quick though. Quick yeah, action. Super quick. And then only they... someone who's done drugs could have made this movie. Yes. And someone who's done drugs would recognize some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. And, and that's really cool. I love the music in the movie too, especially this old Motown classic called Trapped by a Thing Called Love, performed by Denise LaSalle. They dance to it. And it's just sort of fun. He puts it on the record, a record on the turntable. 
and then they dance around the living room and it's just awesome uh, it's so good and the the movie had a very um artistic feel to it you'd see the record spinning around and then the camera spinning overhead as they're dancing yes or w- one of my favorites was when he was drumming and you could see a ghost of his hand still playing the hi-hat as he hit the snare moved over to hit the snare and oh. in the song it was still hitting the hi-hat too as if he had three hands suddenly oh <laughs> i didn't even notice that yeah. as a drummer back. i i totally picked that up <laughs> it's really cool it's really cool he also loves um uh what's his name um uh tesla uh, not not Tesla, the car company, Tesla, the man, the scientist, and Tesla, the scientist and his ideas. And he builds like a Tesla machine, uh, a, a power generator, a Tesla power generator of some stripe down in his garden. And uh, at one point he's outside um, fixing it because it, it powers down. He has to go downstairs. And so he and Eve are down there. And she sees some mushrooms growing and she talks to the mushrooms and says, you're not supposed to be up this time of year. And he comes over and says, just goes to show we don't really know shit about fungi. (laughs) And then she said something like life wouldn't have evolved if not for it or something. Yes. It's funny, those mushrooms, I just mentioned those mushrooms last in last week's episode, red with white dots. They, Tesla... Pythagoras slaughtered, Tesla destroyed. He, he seemed to speak, um, I thought, like he didn't like Tesla, like he was bummed out about the state of humanity or something. He was, because they they, cre- they they took Tesla's beautiful ideas and oh, no, no. Oh, duh. Okay, yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. But it was, they they had had interactions with all these famous scientists and artists he contributed to Schubert or something. Yes. Played chess with Byron, who was a pompous ass. Yeah. And Mary Wollstonecraft was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was funny. I, I totally appreciated the sense of humor. Like uh, when they're playing chess and she's talking to him and he doesn't want her to talk. And then she just keeps talking. But it seems like she might just be offhanded about it. And then it turns out. She's actually intentionally trying to throw him off balance. Yes. He says, Eve, you're ruthless. It was all the bloody talking. <laughs> <laughs> or they had blood sickles. Yes. She or, made him blood sickles. Or they looked at she looked at their marriage photo, married June twenty third, eighteen sixty eight, and she said, We look so young. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and they look exactly the same. Yeah, pretty much. Or when um they came. They were all strung out because they hadn't had their fix in a while, and they came to Philip Marlowe, or I mean uh, Christopher Marlowe's, and he looked at him, them and said, "You look horrible." And then when Adam came up, he said, "What a piece of work is man!" But it was not said in a the complimentary way of the original quote. It was like, "What a piece of work is man!" <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I think oh, that really, so if it was the sense of humor of it was really important yes right yeah all the little pun, punny vampire yes. things yeah <laughs> yeah i like also that they wear gloves all the time and then they can touch they can touch things or at least eve could touch things and tell what age they are yeah that was really interesting yeah they had a lot of they had a, real, a lot of really interesting um vampire tropes too 
it was all it was all great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very fresh feeling. Mm-hmm. For I don't usually like vampire movies because the thought of drinking blood is just too gross for me, and and infiltrating somebody's veins. Oh yeah, I don't like needles and and even just drinking blood out of a cup. Um, but I think True Blood has desensitized me to that somewhat <laughs> because that was just such a good show. I watched yeah. you know the first four or five seasons or whatever until the last one. It ended nicely. You should watch yet last one. Oh, you're the first person out of many that have said that. Everyone else says, don't bother. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, yeah. what do I know? I'm a true, I'm a true fan. I, I can almost never criticize an ending. Yeah. Should I just skip the season and watch, just watch the last episode? Yeah. And then tell me yeah. what a fool I am. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll do that because I really don't want to watch that whole last season. Anyway, this was great. I'm grateful that you brought it to my attention. So thanks. Yay. You're welcome. <laughs> and I like the last scene when, because they, it's clear that vampires don't kill people that much anymore. And yep. when they had the sister killed Ian. I think the other sister was like, Eva, it's the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the last scene, they got desperate. So they needed to kill for blood. Yeah. And she said, we're just going to turn him, right? We're not going to kill him. And then that last scene, excusez-moi, and then fangs. Yep. <clears throat> really good. Yeah. Okay. We just have a really quick listener moans, groans, and grunts section. Uh- <gasps> We got two calls. Here's Ralph from Rochester, New York. Yeah, guys. This is Ralph from Rochester, New York. Been a listener from the very, very beginning. I just wanted to leave a comment about the scary story that the one gentleman left about uh, farting during a (laughs) high school thing or whatever he was at. And wonder how you were both uh, really, really excited to hear that he was now Chicago's most fearless crop duster. I think you might not really get the gist of what crop duster might mean in his his idea. Because as you're walking and passing gas, that's called crop duster. (laughs) So I think that's what he was meant by he's fearless. He probably is just going along now, <sighs> confident that he's gassing everybody out. Anyway, <laughs> let you guys go. Wow. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Ralph from Rochester. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what fools we are. We were like, wow, crop duster. That's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? There was a little voice in the back of my head going, what does that have to do? Well, I guess he's so fearless now. He has a... Right. Dangerous job. Yeah, crop dusting. You have to fly those planes pretty low. <laughs> wow, we're such dummies. Yeah. Oh well. Congratulations oh, well. on your crop dusting. I think that was Eric Sherman. So congratulations. I feel even more proud of you now. Yeah. All right. Do we? And by the way, <laughs> thanks for calling, Ralph. And here's one more. This is I think Steve. I'm not sure from Indiana. Hey, what's up, guys? Steve Goforth from Indiana. I'm actually in Sonoy. Uh, Georgia right now, where they <clears throat> are filming The Walking Dead, and all the walls are up for Alexandria. We just did a tour of, uh, you know, the set for Woodbury. It was really awesome. Uh, but there's a little fun fact. Uh, last week, um, 
a restaurant popped up on the main strip of what Barry called Nick and Norman's, and it's Norman Reedus and Nick, uh, Greg, I think it's Greg Nicotero. They opened up a restaurant together. Now, what does this mean? I don't know. But uh, the fact that Norman Reedus owns a restaurant in the filming location now, or co-owns one, maybe might mean that he is here to stay. So uh, I just want to pass that information along. I can post a picture of the sign. They haven't opened yet, but the sign has gone up on the restaurant. So I'll post it on your guys' Facebook, or I'll, I'll email it to you guys. But, uh, yeah, that's all we have. Want to lobby sign, Abby? No. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> I didn't catch what that was at the end, but did you hear about that? I have, and because I follow Greg Nicotero on Instagram, mm. and I was wondering because he talks about he talks about there's a picture of him and, and Norman Reedus, and they're like, "This is our favorite our favorite new place," and I was like, "What are they talking about?" That's what it is. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, Cindy ate there. I didn't get to hear how it was yet, but uh, it's open now, I guess. And it's in Sonoy, huh? On that yeah. main strip? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pretty smart. cool. And by the yeah, way, yeah. I don't think that's indicative of really anything because he could be, you know, he could, they could have his license, his name, and and he could run it from wherever. So yeah. it doesn't mean that he's still on the show. That's true. And he also um, doesn't stay there all year anyway. So right. I don't think he's going to be there. Um, but I think he's still on the show. He's safe until the last episode. Yeah, he's pretty beloved. All right, that's our show, episode 224. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Oh, do you want to hear that clip of what it would sound like if somebody ever treated you the way Abraham treated Rosita? Yeah. I'll get a bat and wrap it with fucking barbed wire and I will beat your ass. (laughs) 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 I don't know who that crazy woman is. (laughs) Keep her away from me, man. Yeah, but that's the other side of that coin. Ah. World weary? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was Little Miss Sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) That was vicious, but I. You're a powerful woman. Thanks, honey. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to play that. I don't know why. I thought it was fun. <laughs> but uh, you guys, if you want to give us a call, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. And... I've been hearing that some of you guys can't access our Facebook page sometimes. You go there and it just shows a spinning wheel like it's loading and it never loads. And it's a bummer. And I've contacted Facebook about it, but they have like 37 billion users. So I don't know (laughs) if they're ever going to give it any attention. But my best advice right now, if you want to get on there, is to try us on your computer. If you can't get us on your phone or vice versa. And, uh... I'll keep trying to write to them. I mean, when we put out a post, like asking what you think of the next, uh, of the episode or whatever, it te- it comes up in people's news feeds, but then when they try to go to their page, they can't load it sometimes, oh. but some people can. So I don't know what's going on with that, but if it keeps up, we might have to like do more on Twitter or something. Yeah. Where we're at Jason and Karen. Yeah. 
But you guys, if, if any of you feel like it, write into Facebook tech support and tell them you can't get on there. Yeah. Come on, Facebook. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with stuff. <laughs> and thanks. <laughs> and thanks. Well said, sir. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get it. it. Becky, Becky Price. Price.